going for orchestra on this one. Go Motown. <laughs> I love this. Are you a Motown fan? Um, yeah, I'm not as versed as, as I, I would not pretend to be versed, but I do like it. But this song is great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I grew up in a, my mom was a cosmetologist. And so the, her salon doubled as our laundry room, which doubled as our storage room. And there was always a record player. There we go. I love that. Yeah. My oldest would really like that. He's a musical guy, and he's he's one of those that can pick out like the instruments, yeah. and he can hear that stuff. I'm just like, oh, it sounds nice. He's like, no, do you hear this? Yeah. And then after a while, I will hear that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, best soundtrack. It, right? I, I think. I love it. There's nothing wrong. It's all good. And the best part is my kids are now interested in oh, that totally. stuff. That, that's where I was going with this. Unless because... somebody samples it from like samples it now and then oh, yeah. they think it's from now I'm like no that is not from now yeah no 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 if there's a electronic beat and a scratchy record <laughs> that's not the original no that's right <laughs> how are you today good how are you I should say good. to our listeners welcome into Soccer Mom Sunday J.B. Anderson Mom Sunday. Jennifer Sees and my first question to you is have you recovered from the Twelman sisters are you okay it took a lot of therapy <laughs> um, quiet time <laughs> zen Yes, I did. That was that was a ton of fun, though. What I love the most is at some point in time, I think it was Lauren, because she's the, the older of them, just starts to take over. She's like, "Here's, let's go first. I will go first. I will talk about this. You will talk about this. I'm like, this is yeah. great. You and I you just come up the back. rear. We'll, you cover we'll, the flank. <laughs> and you and I could just sit back <laughs> and then just insert a stir pot question, yeah. you know, amongst them and let them go. Yeah. That was a whole lot of fun. Who was the best college athlete? <laughs> It was like death, man. Let's just say after you left, we were there for another good 30, 45 minutes to the point my husband was like, I'll go pick up the kids from practice. I'm like, That's thanks. All right. There you go, George. And Zach, Zach hung around for a little bit. He was there and then kind of got in on some of the soccer talk. And it did not finish. They won a part two. Well, I think it'll happen. Uh, you know, it's an incredible family. I didn't realize, how, I didn't realize there was eight siblings. Um, but their relationship with the game, with the community and... Now they're lived experiences with kids, etc. I mean, it, it, it's literally within the eight of them plus dad and uncle, etc. It's an encyclopedia of yeah. not only playing, how to, parenting, coaching. Well, and notice too that that Lauren, who the older has this kid my child's age, and and we have already been on a path. Carrie, uh, younger, has is a little bit ahead, and then Kelsey is kind of just getting started and to know that things are changing. By the time Kelsey's kids get to that, they're going to have some advice that might help or might yeah. be outdated. Things are just changing all the time. So many more options uh, make it it's cooler, but it makes it a whole lot harder than just saying, this, this is CYC season, this is club season, this is high school season. There is no season. We play all year round. Well, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. Through this process, because obviously you've listened to our episodes um, you know, over at Soccer Dad Pod, and now we are, oh my gosh, eight, seven, eight, nine? They're adding up quickly. I don't think quickly. we're at nine yet. <clears throat> so we're at seven, eight, I think. Do you see that your own opinion kind of going through a figure eight yes. within these topics? Yes, with, with every single guest we've had, and I'm sure today as well, just because of, you know, my sideline is with Lauren, Lauren Kaiser. And so we have some similar experiences. But then when Carrie got on and kind of talked about, I remembered how it was to coach yeah. and kind of deal with that thing. And, and, and just back with, you know, Jen Brooks and back with Jackie and Wendy that, that I'm, 
constantly, and sometimes it's from our listeners too, constantly being like, I hadn't thought about it that way, or I, I didn't know to think about it that way because we're in St. Louis soccer, which isn't necessarily the same everywhere. No. No, it's definitely better than Kansas, though. <laughs> We're never going to get a guest from there. No. Nope. Unless they just want to yell at you, and then I'm just going to go sit I over do there Paul at a Rudd. different table. <laughs> I want Paul Rudd on. He he's, he's Kansas fun. guy. He would You know what? He probably was on the Missouri side, though. What do you want to bet? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if, we'll get him to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, I do. I would be remiss if we didn't thank our host today, uh, the kind crew over here at Mellow Mushroom in Sunset Hills. Yum. He's uh, giving us some... Midweek hospitality here it smells great. I love their it's food. Um, I haven't been here in forever, but it smells so good. Because last time I came, it was packed. So we're here at lunchtime. It is really busy. It's busy, but not like the one Friday night. I think we tried to go, and there were is 50 it? families oh. waiting out the door. So are you on the back end of that bell curve as far as patience with busy restaurants where you're not patient anymore? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I'm done. And when it's really, really it's okay. crowded, we all know why. It's good. Oh yeah. But if I'm but. alone or just with adults and there's a like, I love to go to the bar because when you have kids, you never get to go to the bar. You have to sit at a table. So it's like, well, you can wait at the bar. I'm like, yeah, I'll wait at the bar. That's awesome. Yeah. But if I'm with my kids, I'm like, we're out. Let's yeah. go get some yeah. uh, fast food. We're out. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to wait at the bar. I want service and food yeah, at the bar. Yeah. And then I don't have to talk to anybody. No, and I, they can't even come up to the bar. Right. <laughs> You <laughs> know, I need two tables, a uh, party of one at the bar, and that four top in the corner. You can put my kids it's over there. It's not like where my dad went bowling back in the day. I think it was Maplewood Lanes way oh, back absolutely. in the day. And, you know, kids would like would sit at the bar and we would get served. I mean, served non alcoholic beverages, but served nonetheless and run around and cheese sticks. Yeah, pool table and rub the blue chalk on your fingers. And yeah, yeah I got in trouble for that. I love it. Um, well, that's what I've got intro here yeah we should get started so let's do it let's but there, here's another episode with another gen, gen, gen <laughs> there's a lot two. of gens gen. in the 314 did you we we could we could i think it's not in three it's the 1970s ish are you nine gen broke are you 1970s uh yes 1979 okay. i love you oh so close so close but yeah if you were in that decade i think uh-huh. that, that my mom i remember she was i was like what was the other name it might she goes, Gretchen. I'm like, wait, wait a second. Mine was Tiffany. Tiffany? Mm-hmm. So, but that's kind of still popular. Mm-hmm. But Gretchen was not. I'm like, how did you go from a completely unpopular to probably the one of the most popular names of the decade? I, I, how did you do that? So, welcome into Jen Brokaw, who is the owner of Studio Synergy Pilates. I like to refer to it as a torture chamber <laughs> in Harlem, Missouri. I mean, you're going to feel... You said that, and I broke inside. into a cold sweat. <laughs> you're going like, to feel no. muscles that you didn't even know you had. And it's like, yeah. oh, what's hurting? And she's like, that's muscle, oh. and it's good. <laughs> but, but Jen and I met... How, how was that? Oh, I know. I was getting ready. Actually, didn't know I was leading on a long path to uh, back surgery. And so working through pain and trying to strengthen core. And somehow I'd gotten a referral for you, but got into your studio. And I think the first class I did was with a bunch of, you know, advanced. And I'm like, I can do it. And then I'm like, oh, this is really hard. And, and, and you would just say the nicest things like, okay, not like that. <laughs> Like, this isn't legs good. Down Le- legs down a little. Like, or, or, you know, it's not quite that way. And so, yeah, that's how I think we met. But, hey, it was a great introduction. <laughs> and, you know, just to make sure people know where to find you, Studio Synergy is a Pilates studio. Um, and 
plus. Yes, we do offer other things. Uh, we have personal training and yoga, red light therapy. So, oh, that's even more than than when I we moved away from Oakville. We were closer to you. You've yes. got a lot more going. Added on. Added a few things. Absolutely. Where I, where I thought we would start is kind of getting in. You know, to know this is a soccer mom Sunday, and sure. you're not required to be a soccer mom. But the and and we have dads and, and guys that listen. But I thought one great aspect from you is to talk a little bit about one your your relationship with soccer, which you have. And through yourself, through your three boys, and the fact that you train youth athletes many times. And some of us who were youth athletes and now everything hurts. Right, yes. (laughs) And some of those perspectives, but like... Would you kind of bring us up to speed on kind of how you grew up and and your relationship with the game from the start? Sure, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I grew up in St. Louis, a little south of St. Louis, Imperial. Um, So when I was growing up, you know, we just started off with CYC soccer like everybody does, it seems like, in this area. Who who do you play for in Imperial? Um, Well, St. John's was my grade school. St. John's and Imperial. Um, but we were a small school, so... <laughs> I, I was going to say the uh, Holy Haunted House. Isn't that... The Imper- isn't that <laughs> there, there was a big K- haunted Kinswick house. Or yeah, Imper- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kinswick, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so it was a small school. So when I started, I mean, I don't know what, what age it was, kindergarten, first grade, whatever it was, we were playing three grades up at it all the, all from the beginning. So uh, my oh dad my loves to remind me of this story. We were playing, he remembers, St. Francis Assisi. We were on the field. It was a cold, rainy day. And <laughs> the uh, third or fourth grader I was playing against, I was a kindergartner at the time, you know, hit a, hit a goal kick straight into my face. And oh. so it, bloody nose everywhere. And I just got back up and started playing again. And he, you know, from that moment on, he's like, oh, she likes this. So Jeez. There were, and, and there was no, like, stoppage no time blood, to wipe oh, blood. I was, I was, was bloody fine. Nice. Oh, totally fine. In fact, it might help you because they might run away from you when you came down the field with the ball. So Get out anyway. of the way. Yeah. Here comes Carrie. Exactly. Exactly. So um, anyway, I that's kind of where it began. And then... I did end up, I believe it was fourth grade-ish, um, switching over to select soccer. And I like to yeah, call my kids, it, it was back then, select, you know, select, because you had right. to actually make the, a team. Yeah, there was no club. We didn't call it club. club. It was select. Right, yeah. right. So anyway. Um, Who did you play I for? I played for Coke. Coca-Cola. Oh, me too. Me too, Soda. <laughs> um, yes, played for Coke for many years. And then you know how it is. You switch around a little yeah. bit here and there for other teams. So I did some, there was a team called uh, St. Louis Select that I played for for a little while. And then also I did some stuff with Copeland when they were starting yep. up. So The black and orange. Yes. Um, so that was kind of my select career. Now um, I went to Notre Dame High School. So I did play soccer there. Um, but in high school, I tore one ACL when I was a freshman and the other ACL when I was later in my sophomore year. So I forget that it was that early. I think yeah. I had it in my head that it was later that you did that, but it was high school. It was. It was a little detrimental to playing oh. high school soccer with a torn ACL. And sports medicine was not back then no. what it is now. No, it was a long recovery. So, um, you know, I, I did still play in high school. I wore the big old brace and I played and, um, you know, it was a success and fun. And I also played softball and basketball in high school. Um, but just working around those injuries was tough. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to continue on with soccer into college. But um, I ended up going to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. And, um, you know, was recruited for soccer, but with the ACLs, it was kind of tough, you know, and then because they wanted to come watch a game. Well, maybe I wasn't ready to play in that game, things like that. So um, I actually 
started off with soccer at the academy and then quickly switched over to rugby. I which, became a which rugby player. I remember when you <laughs> told me that at the studio, I was like, yeah. what? So you went for, and you told me, you said, Jen, there's actually fewer injuries. Like, it's, it's not as bad on your knees, which It I, was a lot better on my knees. Really? Rugby. Um, yeah, it's interesting. My youngest is dealing with a knee and knee things right now. And just watching him on the field, I'm watching the way that your feet and your body move. And I'm like, duh, of course. Look at your knees, the way you're twisting and turning and the foot so cl- being so close to your knee. Rugby's more upper body. Keep that there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. No, on it. On so it. even, yeah, even the, even... When, but God, you guys get like um, tackled-ish in a different way. But I guess you're yes. right. They are going upper yes. versus a slide tackle or something at your legs. Correct. So I could get my knees down enough. I could do squats. I can get low enough that then I can go at you with a forward lunge tackle and be pretty, you know, pretty successful. So. So we've established that our guest likes to play with a bloody nose. Yes. She she <laughs> she played through two ACLs <clears throat> injuries and then said, hmm. I'll, I'm going to go do rugby. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so I'm curious, uh, Naval Academy then, what what was rugby club? Was it uh, sanctioned? What, what was the team's relationship to the school, conference? Uh, how okay. intense was it? It was pretty intense. Um, it was a club sport. Uh, we did, I, they just achieved varsity status, I think, recently. Um, okay. But it was um, all club, but very intense. It was sort of the beginnings of women's rugby in this country. So um, we were playing, like I was playing for Navy, we would play against Dartmouth, Princeton, um, a lot of, you know, big name East Coast schools um, traveling up and down the coast um, and teams would come in from California, but that was about it. Um, So kind of the beginning stages. We didn't really have a conference. It was just any women's rugby teams, collegiate would play each other and we had nationals and all of that um, and we did really well we um, I we came in second twice in nationals when I was there so what let me follow up question culture because on the on the men's side I have friends obviously I, pl- I played soccer yes. I've had friends have friends yes. that played collegiate rugby uh, the culture between the two on the men's side rugby players are very very different than soccer players just cadence mindset off field everything is it the same on the women's side is it is it a little bit more intense of a club or what's that what was that like yes it was very intense <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes we would shoot the boot we would do all the rugby things um that the men did pretty much it, it was more intense um not that there's not camaraderie in soccer there certainly is um i don't know it's just because of the way that you are physically asserting yourself on each other day in and day it's out at scrum. practice, the scrum it's does the scrum. it to you. That's really interesting. <laughs> Brings because, you uh, an intimacy level, so to speak. Correct. Right. That yes. you don't you don't get in in some of the other sports. You know, right. you may get. Yeah, I remember being a forward in basketball, which I'm five foot six. That tells you how tall the team was. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you might uh, when you're going up for a rebound, you're you're getting nice and cozy. Yes. But for soccer, for the most part, it, especially the way we grew up, it was definitely not as shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip. Right. And now you're in this sport that's like. And I'm going to jump and hug on you. Wrapping around each other, dragging each other to the ground. And I'm, you know, hair pulling, all that biting. (laughs) Did you say biting? Oh, yeah, that happens too. What's the worst injury you experienced? Well, um, 
long term, I, I did end up herniating some discs in my neck. Uh, that's a whole other story. But, um, but your knees were fine. My yeah, knees but my were knees, totally fine. I was going to say that too. Totally fine. <laughs> um, you know, a couple, I, I had, um, I broke my nose. Um, Jen! <laughs> but believe it or not, I broke my nose by my own teammate. Um, she and I were tackling the same person and she went high and I went low and she broke her no thumb on my nose. She came around and so we were playing at Dartmouth and we had flown up there on Southwest Airlines and we had to fly straight back after the game. So uniform, bloody rag on nose, get on an airplane, sit next to poor old person next to me. Also no TSA, I think. At that <laughs> yeah, no, that's, no. that's pre-9-11. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh that's no. normal, no yeah, problem. Totally fine. Don't get it on the seat. <laughs> you know, and then you can imagine the air pressure with a broken nose, no, so I, that was I a little painful. Oh anyway, the best, the end of the story is we get back at the Naval Academy, you are required to take boxing as one of your classes. Well, my friend who broke her thumb on my nose happened to also be my boxing partner. And oh, we had our test the next day. So we showed up with a broken thumb, broken nose, and the instructor was like, are you practicing? What's <laughs> you, happening? They're like, you passed. <laughs> we get it. Exactly. We had to kind of go out there and, like, kitten paw at each other for a little bit and <laughs> called it a day. So definitely. So this explains, actually, why why this is. You probably, if you're listening, this is a very sweet voice who will kick your ass <laughs> if you come and she puts you. It's like, all bait. You, it it's really is. Bait. You're either on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay. and she, by the way, is doing all the things with you, with with not, you know, changing her voice, or she'll put you on the torture machines. As I call them the plotting machines. Except when I I did book a session with my two of my older kids, and I took pictures because that was so that fun. was fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm like torture them, please. Yes, yes. I remember Liam wanted to do it so bad. He, uh, yeah, and I I just was yeah. he was not to be trusted at that time. Yes. What one thing that I read when I went back and when I was first looking for a studio when I. I was told at the time, work on your cores. Well, you know, and it it did help. But I looked at your studio and read that you know at some point in time you had taken Pilates and decided to switch career path. But right. so, what was your career path, and then what was it about Pilates that said I'm going to open my studio and do this for a living? Yes, yes. Um, you know, it was a long road. I when you graduate from the Naval Academy, you're in the Navy. I, I got my degree in systems engineering from the academy. So um, I went out. I did my Navy commitment after that for four or five years, and then I exited the Navy and became a systems engineer for Northrop Grumman. We were living in Virginia at the time. And um, I did that for a year. And while I was working there as an engineer, I was going into my cubicle every day, pretty much bored to death. Um, you know, but, but you know, I'm an engineer. I'm going mean, to make this work. This you, is my degree. To, no, no, no things were getting broken. Right. <laughs> no it was tar- so no safe. Tearing, no bleeding. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like that. So uh, anyway, my husband left for deployment. He was also in the Navy. And I said, when you're gone, I'm going to get stronger. I just wasn't happy. You know, I was working out at the gym and doing all of my old Pilates stuff. But here I was now at the old age of 27. And it was hurting. <laughs> things were starting to hurt at that time. And I thought, I shouldn't have Well, you broke feel. everything. Of I already broke did. everything. I already broke my neck, my nose, my knees. So I thought, you know, I need to find a workout that makes me feel good and that I can do the rest of my life. I can't keep going in and doing deadlifts and squats and, you know, all this stuff forever. So while he was gone, I joined a Pilates studio in Virginia Beach, and I just started going once a week, then twice a week, and then pretty soon he was gone, so I was there almost every night. So, so oh. fundamentally, what was what was the appeal? Because you know, when when people shift into what I call the more holistic exercise yeah. activities, yoga, Pilates, etc., 
there's usually like some kind of a zen or a mental connectivity to the activation from what I hear from individuals. What was yours? Correct. Um, so for me, Pilates really trains you to use your mind to control your body as opposed to, you know, going into the gym and doing a bunch of bicep curls with your headphones on and not thinking about it. This was more, okay, you have to focus on contracting your, you know, your glutes while pulling your abs in, while pulling your shoulders down. And if you don't think about it, you're doing it wrong. And you're, you know, so it takes every ounce of focus on your body the whole time that you're there. You can't be thinking about anything else. So it's a little bit of a mental escape where you are focusing on your own body. Um, and, and honestly, it hits all those little muscles that you might skip over at the uh-huh. gym that you don't normally feel <laughs> until you've done I, it. But I choose to ignore those little muscles. <laughs> but she's exactly right, because I remember being in the class, and, and you had come over, and I'm like, oh, she's coming over to fix me. It means I'm doing it wrong. But I was trying to contract a, I, it was maybe the upper part of the leg, something mm-hmm. on the hip flexor, something on, and I, you were, t- you know, you t- your, your hands on, you yeah. touch the muscle, oh, yeah. and sure enough, it wasn't. And I'm like, why is that not, like, why can my brain not Make hit that, that muscle? Mm-hmm. I was hitting other muscles in the leg, probably soccer muscles right. I was used to contracting, and I couldn't, it took sessions for me to get to it. Yes. And that was one of the things that drew me in when I went to that studio in Virginia Beach. I would go to a class and I would get on the mat and there's a lady next to me that's like 85. There's a you know person next to me that's 20, 40, 60, every age. And we all left there with our butts kicked. And it was like, it didn't matter what your age was or how strong you were going into it. it, it you work your own body, um, you know, using your own muscle control. And you got into, uh, Pilates is kind of everywhere now. People say the name, but understand that there are different studies of Pilates, different practices. Correct. Yes. And so yours was a classic, I believe. Yes. Uh, It's a classical version of it. It's called Romana's Pilates. So um, Romana Krasinowska is a woman who learned directly from Joseph Pilates. So Joseph Pilates um, came over in the early 1900s and opened a studio in New York. And that's, he was, you know, he invented it. He was teaching there. And Romana was one of his students. And I learned from her and her daughter and her granddaughter. So it was kind of like I did an apprenticeship. So I moved to New York for six months, um, and I went to the studio that Joseph Pilates opened, his studio, and I learned on his equipment, his exact dimensions. Oh, gee, stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So this intrigues me because in the yoga world, we know individuals that teach yoga and are really into it. And it it seems as if to get to a certain stage – there, it requires some expedition, some trip to meet a guru or leader or teacher. Sounds as if Pilates is, is, is in that same boat where... It is, it, it is and it isn't. Um, it, it is in that um, going to that original studio for me um, helped kind of clarify why I was doing it. And it, it taught me how to work with all different injuries. Um, you know, I learned the roots of Pilates, which the roots of it is almost more like a physical therapy um, when you break it down. Joseph Pilates started off with Pilates to fix some of his own physical ailments. He had polio, things like that when he was a kid. Um, he used it in World War II to help um, prisoners of war recover from their injuries. He would attach springs to their hospital beds and then they would use them. So it kind of started off as more of a therapy uh, thing. So I guess to answer your question, that was my journey is to get to the roots of it. But Pilates, you know, it's only in the 1900s. It's not as 
thousands of years old as yoga. So I don't know right. that there are destinations worldwide to go find the right. guru. But for me, that was the guru to go to. But you had to get like an official certification or training to say that this is the kind that I do, right? I did, yes. So my, my certification is Romanus Pilates. Um, and it required, I did over 600 hours of apprenticeship. It's between 600 and 1,000 wow. generally. Um, and then there are other Pilates certifications out there and certainly, you know, everything has its place, but you know, you could get one online, I'm sure tomorrow, if you just went online and filled out a form. <laughs> no, thank you. So I just, <laughs> oh, I can do I fill out a form and not get caution, on a machine? Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> I do caution people about that though. When you're looking for a Pilates place, there are other organizations that are great that, that do have awesome certification programs, but you know, just investigate before you go to a Pilates class. Cause you know, you can get hurt doing it the wrong way so you want did you find in in the process of of searching for the certification or getting it and also practicing that you were able to do some self-healing absolutely she broke everything i broke everything (laughs) so um yes absolutely my um yeah my body was pretty hurt but you know when you're in your 20s you can be hurt and you don't notice it as much it was more as i started to go into 30s and 40s it was like oh and if you have kids yeah having Mm -hmm. kids and holding babies and all that stuff so um the injuries really did present themselves but i um you know, I'm able to work through, even now, if I, you know, feel like I pulled something, I can go in and stretch it out pretty, pretty easily. So it, I think, I think you've been before in the studio because you would, at least at the time I was working with you, uh, we're training for half marathon mm-hmm. or you're doing something. You're going to run, boss, what were you doing? I did, I did do some half marathons back in the day and some 10Ks. And yeah. Like and that. so some of the running and yes. And, she, by the way, is in a gr- I think your friend group is quite competitive. Oh, yes. We would do all kinds of challenges and competitions. We had a running group for a while. So absolutely. Well, what I thought would be an interesting conversation or to take it to is also I want to get to the part where you train youth athletes, not only people my sure. age. And there are ladies that come in there and, and men who yeah. are older than me. But I know that you also do like strength and conditioning with athletes. And I think that's important, especially with so many but first but your boys and yes. and they've played and, and what their ages are and, yeah. and kind of because they're not only soccer I think they're they've been multi-sport we've but, got a variety yeah but that they house. have been pretty pretty soccer I yes. think all three of them well no my older two started off playing soccer but they didn't end up um, going that route um, my oldest so we'll start with him he is um, a junior at SLU and plays lacrosse his that became his sport kind of like, you know, third, fourth grade. When it, Not that you have to narrow it down to one because I don't advocate for that at all, but um, he kind of started dropping soccer and baseball and that sort of stuff. He did basketball through grade school and then but has stuck with the lacrosse. Um, and that's his main sport. And then my uh, middle son, Clayton, he is into hockey. So you kind of know once you get into hockey, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of room for everything else. Ice time. Yeah, yeah, and he's a guy that just loves the cold. So for him, soccer, unless it was being played in the dead of winter, was not his thing. So, um, you know, we figured that out pretty quick. I, I coached him in the beginning and then, no. For, so- for soccer? For you soccer, okay. I did. Um, and then he ended up moving on to hockey. Um, and then that's been his, his main thing. He's a freshman at SLU um, also, doing hockey there. And then my youngest, though, he is super into soccer. So um, he's my 12-year-old, and he is also into baseball and basketball, of course. So he followed more of the mainstream sports. Now, he was doing club for a time. Is he still doing club? He is, yes. He's playing for St. Louis Stars. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he did. He did some Oakville United yeah, for a while. Yeah, he did. He did. He actually, he's kind of hit full, hit the full gamut. He started off very young at sporting, and then um, we ended up over at Oakville United, and then um, that be, then we became Steamers and Stars, and you know, just sort of changed names. A few yeah. Times. Yeah. So, so this is a, a common theme question, line of question that we cover on the show is obviously a lot of our guests have multiple kids that all play sport, most play soccer. You, all three of your boys have played soccer and two have gravitated into their lanes. Um, in today's environment, wondering how you personally as a mom or as a couple, parents, uh, when you have kids that are competitive, that, that have that drive, that athletic drive, you know, how do you... How, how do you uh, monitor and encourage and manage the competitive process and keeping them focused and making sure that it's not a job for them, even though they love the sport? You know, like your middle son at hockey, you know, how do you make sure that he's having fun and not just doing it because that's what he does? Right. Yes. Um, you know, that's a great question. It, it's actually been a challenge. It's been a challenge for us all throughout the years to keep them on the right team. So, you know, we, we always want them to be challenged by the team that they're on, but not be overwhelmed. You know, you got to win some games. You can't lose them all, but you also shouldn't win every game. So, um, and, and so finding sort of that path for each of them. Um, you know, my oldest, we started off in a highly competitive lacrosse club because we thought, oh, let's go all in. Right. And then, you know, he got some playing time, didn't get some playing time. We were traveling really far to play not a whole, as much as we would have liked. So then we scaled it back, um, and, and he was he was doing Lufus for a while. This is his junior year, and this year he decided just to do the SLU. SLU has its own version of kind of a club, so he's just doing it right. with his high school buddies, and um, and that's worked out great. Um, so, you know, for him, I don't think there's going to be a big desire to play at the college level. So we're riding it out. And I think that we've managed to keep him in a happy spot by sort of scaling back almost a little bit for him. Um, hockey, he has just been, you know, he's been going full force at hockey for I don't know how many years now. Um, but like you mentioned, how do you keep it fun? You know, he didn't ever play roller hockey until a couple years ago and we started doing that and it just totally added to his game. a little bit of an outlet some, yes because yeah. he can just go out there and totally be creative they don't even really tell him a position they just and we signed up for a team where we don't know anybody we showed up on every friday night at eight o'clock and you jump out there and play or whatever it was and he kids play parents have beer Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. all American. That reminds you of the, the indoor women. model, right? So yeah. indoor model, you just throw them out there. The bar there looks go. right down yeah. on the rink. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you're like, keep playing, kid. Just you want to stay for another game? Give them a whole and, bunch and of jerseys. And there's no ice. Maybe you're not freezing cold. Correct. <laughs> it's very pleasant. Very pleasant. Um, so, you know, that that for him was kind of a game changer because he had so much fun. And not that he wasn't having fun on the ice, but it's a lot less structured. Well, I mean, 14 is still pretty young. Freshman in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, kid, kids are under a lot of pressure already, especially as athletes. Is he already considering or have you had the conversation? Is college a goal? Is it part of the process moving forward? You know, we have been so focused up to this point on getting to the high school hockey. <laughs> and here we are. It's freshman year and we've figured it out. We're on, you know, he's doing JV. We've got it all worked. And now um, that is going to be our next step is to start talking about college. I kind of wanted to get to this point 
and now here we are in October. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, we it, the dynamic of our family, a lot of the college focus right now is on my junior and, you know, what, what right. are we doing there? But, um, but yes, I, I believe that there is a desire to play in college, so we'll have to kind of monitor that and see. So is the oldest up. being uh, funneled towards the Naval Academy as well? You know what? There was a <laughs> half a second where that thought came about, but I, I don't think so. He, he like We've taken them there, and they've seen it, and they like it, but... Um, I don't know that that would be the right fit for him. Sure. So he's a, you know, happy-go-lucky, fun-loving kind of guy. So. Well, it's curious as to school. your approach when, I'm sure over the years, injuries with them have happened. Hopefully nothing huge. But with a mom who's, you know, gone on a flight bleeding her nose, and are you like more of a rub dirt on it, you're freaking fine? Or are you, because things have come such a long way in terms of caring for your injury and 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 trying to play the long game has it changed you know um i think it's a combo i am definitely when my kid goes down on the field and they're hurt i am the one that yells get up <laughs> i love it not the one that standing, runs out there on the field you're yeah. standing on the side like, that's not mine uh, i don't know who that yeah, is, who is tell that, that kid, kid to get up uh, <laughs> actually eli went down in his soccer game last weekend and he you know kind of gets carried off there's ice on his knee and my husband and i look at each other should we go over there i'm like nah. <laughs> better chance he'll go back in if we don't go yeah. over there so uh, anyway, so yes, that's my first instinct is, oh, get up, you're fine. Um, but knowing what I know with the Pilates, after the fact, we go home and then we really talk about, okay, what's hurting? I've done a lot of physical therapy myself. I've you know, trained a lot of people through these injuries. And honest to goodness, we can get them usually back to feeling better within a day or two. And I'm, I mean, we haven't had any torn ACLs, don't get me wrong. But um, since I've torn my ACL, I know how to check for one. Um, so I do all the checks and kind of, um, you know, assess it that way. And I think that saves us a lot from going to the doctor. We really haven't had a lot of serious injuries um, because of that. So I think I do, I do kind of use that place. I'll take them into my studio, put them on the machines and stretch them out a little bit. Is that their punishment for not cleaning their room? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had my youngest after he heard his knee. stretchy machine. (laughs) Hung him upside down by his feet. And he was like, this feels so good. There are a few I saw this in history class today. It was in the book, mom. Yeah. From the medieval (laughs) times, mom. Yes, exactly. We just put this spring here and this strap here. Yes. It is quite, when you, when you go through it, it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. But then when you do, or you're able to do the, whatever that machine is to do, it's quite, it's like, oh, this oh. feels actually pretty good. It's, it's just a little scary. Yeah. It's a little scary. Yes. Well, let me ask a question then about Pilates specifically yeah. in relation to not only your kids, but kids in general. Um, do you see, or let me just ask your advice. Sure. Um, is Pilates, do you see it as a value add as preemptive we were just talking about kind of that recovery helps you know uh work out an injury or a tweak or a strain or whatever how how valuable is pilates in your opinion i mean obviously you have a pilates studio we know that but in in kind of working on things that these kids it, it these athletic children of ours sure that they don't typically address i think that it's mission critical that ahead of time to do it not after the fact I, I and here I am talking out of one side of my mouth and doing the other I don't do it with my kids every day at home but um, they certainly know how to find their core how to we call it scooping and Pilates to pull in and up with your abs they, they know how to do that and that's certainly um, you know makes them stronger in their sports if you can kind of generate your energy from your core so 
any athlete, why wouldn't you want that? It would give you a one up. So um, I, I always say, I wish that I knew now what I knew then what I know now. If I had known Pilates when I was an athlete, I surely could have done even better. But um, I, I just encourage my kids and the young athletes that I work with to stretch on their own as much as they can and to keep up with their core strength, core strength, and then also just good form. Like these kids are going to classes. So when I do like a strength and conditioning class or speed and agility with a kid, we don't go fast. It's not like some of these places where they're just like sprinting them around in circles for an hour, you know, jumping up and down, put as much weight as you can. My son went to one of those classes and he came home. He's like, they had me using 25 pounds. Why do you only give me 10? Because you're nine. You shouldn't be holding a 25 pound weight ever, yeah. you know? So Unless it's your grocery bag. Correct. Yeah. Or you're carrying my luggage in yes. from the car. <laughs> so functional movement for you then would be really important. Fun regular Correct. functional movement. So I think that all of these athletes, and we maybe wouldn't be seeing so many torn ACLs, um, you know, just as my example, but other things too. If, uh, if people did pay more attention to, you know, working their muscles evenly through a, a consistent routine where it's not, you know, just your right leg kicking the ball. I know we use our left foot too, but, you know, not just that one-sided kick every time and then poof, all of a sudden my hips are out of alignment and then my knee hurts. Oh, or the one that you don't even use, that one's That's off. the one that the hurts. Plant, the plant yes, leg. exactly. So um, I'm a strong advocate that you should be doing exercises like Pilates. And I just encourage Pilates. Here's why, here's why everyone says, what's the difference between Pilates and yoga? Um, Pilates is just a little more movement oriented. Um, my brain doesn't work well with yoga. Like I can't sit meditate and hold a pose for a long time. And I know that's not all yoga. I'm generalizing here. But um, Pilates, you're constantly moving, even though we're stretching and you might hold it for five, 10 seconds, but then you're on to the next one, on to the next one. And we only do maybe 10 repetitions of an exercise and then we're on to the next one. So um, it works well. For I'm, show, I'm showing brains. Jamie now some of the, there, yeah, some I, of the yeah. machines. That, that scares me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your studio. <laughs> really, really basic question then. Um, a suggested amount of time, days of the week, how long per session. Sure. For Let's just take hypothetical kid A, 13 yep. plays, whatever sport would you advise or suggest would be, this is a baseline that you feel would kind of help their overall stability, strength, yep. and avoiding injuries. Having kids, I know that it's unrealistic to go for a long, say a long time. And Correct. so I, 20 minutes, three times a week. If you could do that, and, and that's just on your own, you know, or, you, you know, I have some videos, you could follow a video or whatever, but um, stretching, doing really slow. When I say core work, it's not like I'm going to tell you to do 100 sit-ups. You're going to do 10 super slow And they feel like 100 sit-ups. And they do. I just want you to they know. They do. You, when you're done, you feel like you've done a ton. But, um, but, you know, 20 minutes, if you can dedicate 20 minutes or 15, if you have to, when you come home from school, sit down real quick, stretch for 15 minutes. So one dude perfect every three yes, days. Yes, there you go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mr. Beast or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know them all. Well, you do, I know, training with, with Pilates and, and many adults that come in and you do some training with kids too, but you also do youth, right? Still do youth strength and conditioning kind of? Do you have those sessions? I don't have the youth strength and conditioning okay. classes running anymore okay. like I used to, but I certainly do still work with youth. It's just more one-on-one -on -one at this point. What do point. you find as like a, especially with, it could be any sport, but I'm curious with soccer players, yeah. um, but boys and girls, maybe young men, young women, and, and I'm envisioning, I'm going back to the time where Marin and Georgie came in, yes. right? And 
and Marin, super flexible, right. not as quite as strong as George. He's a couple years older. But yeah. George couldn't touch his knees. So, Correct. So I was curious as to like the differences or the themes that you see in the youth that you train in their respective sport. Absolutely. So almost irregardless of sport, tight hamstrings, tight hip flexors. So um, getting these kids to just, like you said, sit down for one dude perfect, reach and touch your toes or you know stand with your back against the wall roll down reach for your toes keep your legs straight p.s while you do it um you know things like that keep it simple um but yes the tight hamstrings just go straight up through your glutes into your lower back so many i've helped a lot of kids um through the years we're at a tournament and all of a sudden this kid comes off the field this was on a soccer team and a lacrosse team and they can't play anymore their back hurts i'm like you're young, your back shouldn't be hurting. So I'm like, come over here. And I lay them on the ground and I just push their leg up. And you know, of course they have the tightest hamstrings in the world. And we stretch their hamstrings and they're back in the game. And, and they were ready to sit out the rest of the tournament because their back hurt. Literally stretching your hamstrings can save your back, especially when you're young, when you're older, it takes a little bit more than that. But um, yeah, for these, for youth sports, hamstrings and you don't want to just do a cold stretch like certainly if you're going to come home from school and do it that's fine you know kind of ease into it and do it but if you're stretching like at, at your sport you should be stretching at the end afterward and so that the i see a lot of soccer teams now do the things that we barely ever did and that's kind of that warm-up act, yes. quote activation and then cool down yes. still, still <clears throat> recommended yes absolutely um yo go ahead no, no, I was just going to say that, you know, where they're doing more of like the um, walking lunges and things like that, where you're moving exactly what you're saying. So it is, I don't know if you would even know the answer to this question, but I heard somewhere along the line that hams, because hamstrings are tight because soccer is so quad dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that any, because you mentioned hip flexors too. I agree with that. Yeah, quad, it, it is definitely quad dominant. So I would also encourage them to strengthen their hamstrings more, hamstrings and glutes. Um, because so not they just get stretching, weak. but strengthening Stretch and hammies. strengthen hammies, yes. Um, because that is what happens, too, is they, they get tight and weak. Because it is. It's a lot of quads. I mean, when, you're, when you've got your knees slightly bent and you're pouncing around on the ball, it's going to be your quads. And you can't change that about the sport, but you have to counteract that with some kind of hamstring conditioning. So it goes back to how we train and how I, I just pulled up an article. I'd seen it somewhere like recently yeah i haven't listened to the podcast but the telegraph women's sport talking about acl injuries they're they're more in right. in, in girls than but I, mean, I know men who've torn their acls sure um and just anything like that whether it's ankles whether it's necks um but talking about not just the flexibility portion but do you have any differences between the two genders that you've been like okay this is a girl soccer player this is a boy soccer player i will probably have to focus on or have her him focus on these parts of the muscles because they're built differently you know um i don't know if it has to do with their build but boys tend to even have tighter hamstrings than girls and girls tend to have tighter quads in my opinion um, and I have no idea why I've done no uh, research on this other than <laughs> when's the paper come out? <laughs> like when they scream, when they scream in my training, so it's because <laughs> don't you know send me and, and, and quote everything. But they um, the the quads, you know, it's just the simple stretch where you reach back and grab your foot. But a lot of times too, when people do that, they're just bending their knee forward. So what are you doing? You're increasing that angle, so you're not really stretching your hip flexor. So it's just proper technique. Which, you know, you don't know it until you know it. Someone has to teach it to you. Well, what, what about, though, you mentioned earlier, like, uh, for women in particular, after having children. Um, because that's obviously a much different impact on the body. Pilates in relation to childbirth 
you know, one, two, three kids, et cetera. What's the relationship there and what is it specifically able to do to help women after giving birth? Yeah, that's a great question. Because it's a major injury. It I mean, is a major I, I, I injury. Would, <laughs> it, it, is, it is a massive... What, it, Trauma. Either, either way... Mentally and physically. You, Trauma, yeah, right? And it just you, goes the, on and on. you deliver that baby... <laughs> it's um, the gift that keeps giving, right? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure, there were definitely things that after I'd had Harper that my fourth one what came to you and you were like, oh, and you could feel where things were just not right on me. Right. So, um, you know, not only does growing a human throw everything out of whack in your body, but um, it tends to make your abdominals separate, obviously, right? Doug is pushing out, everything's coming apart. But um, getting that to come back together can be tricky. And you know, for some people it pops right back together, no big deal, but a lot of times um, people deal with, it's called diastasis. Um, and so that can be kind of a, a traumatic after effect. And sometimes, you know, for some people it just won't go together on its own. Um, and so, you know, you just kind of feel a separation and it's uncomfortable and that can lead to hernias and things like that. So Pilates is great for that. I've, I've helped a lot of people with diastasis and you don't need, you know, it's obviously we're non-surgical. It's, it's your own body using your own brain to control those muscles to come back together. Um, and, and really that's key for a lot of women because that's a big destructive part of your body is when your abs are blown Your out. entire core. Well, like yeah. and one thing my wife always talks about is that the, for the next year, two years, even three years and beyond, you have a 10, 20, 30, 40 pound weight right. on one hip or the other. Yes. You know, so that there's that aspect of it. And it pulls your whole spine out of alignment. So, again, Pilates, what does it do for that? Is it tightening the Absolutely. edges? What is, so, how does that no, work? No, you're, you're right. It is... Um, it puts your body back into alignment, essentially. I'm not a chiropractor, but a lot of the things that we do, you know, we roll back and forth on your spine. We do a certain stretch to a certain direction and then the other direction. And in turn, it sort of resets and realigns your body. Um, and then we stretch after that real good so you're loose. And then we strengthen after that to hold it there. So it's kind of like a process of getting your body in back into alignment, stretching it while it's there, strengthening it to hold it there. Um, and, you know, it's really quite effective. And you can feel good for a while from it. I do tell people Pilates isn't something you're going to come do for two months and then you're fixed. It is something you will do the rest of your life if you want the effects to stay with you. Um, if you do it regularly, you know, you can feel good for two, three, four days after you do it. And then you need to probably do it again. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned childbirth specifically, too. There's a lot of, you know pelvic issues that come from that. I've had clients who have gone through months of like pelvic therapy and things like that, which, you know, all fine and dandy, but they have gotten awesome results from just doing Pilates too. And they have claimed that it's better than what they got at their therapist. I'm just so. thinking on going back, and I know we're talking about women, but, but girls, boys even too, like you can look out on a field right? of, of teenagers and, and you can put the range. Our, our, our boys that are 12, you have a 12 year old, I have a 12 year old. Their bodies have yet, right? They're starting to approach a time when they're going to do puberty. And then puberty is like, I remember my oldest going through it. And I'm like, what happened? He's running like a broken baby giraffe. Yes. Like, he looks so weird. <laughs> I don't even know how he's okay, moving. Okay, hold on. Broken baby uh, giraffe. Is, <laughs> is the issue in the legs? Everywhere. The it was everywhere. everywhere. Everything oh. was either, it was too short, too long. It, like the, the tour, I, yeah, I don't even think he's finished growing in his torso. He looks so weird still. He's 17. Anyway, I'm looking at going to the soccer field, and it's almost like you can spot, in soccer, you can spot a good stride. You can spot a right. good 
um, you know, form and kicking, and I bet you can spot functional movement and be like, oh my God, that player is turning so wrong or whatever. Right. Yes. Um, my poor husband has to sit by me at every game, and I'm thinking, I go, that kid should not be doing that, you know. <laughs> But is it coming from a place of empathy, or are you like, that should be a client? That should yes, be a client. Yes, yeah, yeah, Dollar like signs. That. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I know, I know. I just want to go out there at the beginning of practice and be like, just listen for me for five minutes, kids. But to have proper <laughs> command of your body, right? Whether you're, right. We're, we're all sitting here at a high top table and I on keep chairs. watching my posture all of a sudden. I'm like, oh my God. She will get you I'm on gonna it. Get in I trouble. saw you scoop when I mentioned you, it. Yeah, you oh, scooping is a whole, better explain the scoop. There's a so lot to scoop. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scoop. But to see, like, to, to, to be able to offer that or to have kids, we do so many trainings with them, right? Strength, conditioning, speed and agility, uh, finishing, whatever, all right. the things that, that still there are some pieces of that missing and functional movement and that core tiny muscle strength that not only just the strength, but being in tune with your body. Exactly. That's the you, biggest You could part. maybe strike that ball a lot better if you knew how to connect with your hip flexors right and your quad and activate the hamstring appropriately right don't forget your butt muscles right like exactly <laughs> let's not just go do a squat and sit all the way on the ground behind your heel that's not even using the right muscles you know so. <laughs> she, 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 she was very disdainful when she's like yeah. <sighs> she, if she doesn't you, like this is an movement. audio pod but that was a snarl <laughs> <was> a snarl. <laughs> <laughs> but then thinking about how if you can get that kind of training and either Jen also offers, like, um, I have your video collection. Yeah. Um, and I talk to you all the time, and I'm like, I hate you, Jen, holding this pose. She's like, we're just going to hold it for a little bit. And it's not a little bit. It's a lot. She makes you And But to have an athlete have access to even something properly done, probably need to check with them during COVID. I know you did. Zoom sessions. I don't I know did. how you did that though, yes. because that interaction, but teach them the proper and then have them work literally on a how do I connect with my body and make it move properly, whether I'm getting off this bar stool correctly right. or I'm picking up my bag, carrying your groceries, carrying your groceries yeah. to a kid, you know, how they approach any movement that they do. Or, I mean, look at them in school. The slouchies right. and the and how they walk and the phones. They don't even use their lockers anymore. Right. They carry all their their stuff in a bag. I mean, right. Then my my son is like, my my shoulder hurts. I'm like, yeah, you're carrying your bags. None of you guys use your lockers anymore. Right. All those things that they could prevent. You know, you can have clients coming to you for to just do a nice session versus to fix an injury. Right. Exactly. And that's the difference. You know, I tell people that, well, I'm here to give you a workout, but. We have to get you to a state to be able to do that. And, and it's part of the process. It's a process. Get your body conditioned to the state where now we can go into the serious advanced stuff. So you've used that term a number of times, um, <clears throat> and you just did it. You know, uh, I got you here for a workout. Is, is Pilates more in the camp of workout? Because, again, I'm going to run the parallel between yoga and Pilates. Yeah. Is it more workout, less zen, stretching in the middle? Like, because some people just don't understand what the goal is uh, as far as mind, the body, right. to... Am I going to be sweating is what I'm asking. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> you know? So to start with less Zen. Yes, it's less Zen. Um, I'm sure. And this is where it gets confusing because... Um, Pilates is not like a copyrighted term. So people can be out there teaching 
Pilates and really be teaching anything. I mean, they could just have you touching your toes for an hour and call it Pilates. So um, it, it, the true, though, version of it, the classic version that I teach, we, we don't really meditate. Um, so the, the Zen factor is not there. I think it's Zen for me because I love that feeling of connection to my body. So um, when I start the class, we kind of pause, close our eyes, kind of connect to the muscles. But then from there on out, we're moving and you'll be sweating and it's a workout. Is it, are you like a Peloton instructor yelling at everybody? No yelling. It, no. no, it's so funny. No. So, wait, Jen, the, so the sweet voice you hear is it, it doesn't change the cadence, but she's kicking your ass with a really nice voice. And she's like, and well, you're gonna, we're going to do one more. And we're like, oh, did you say somebody in a, in a class once was like, you, you were doing, you made him do one more. And she was like, bitch. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I get called names all the time. And I'm fine with that. It makes, she was like it makes an old me lady happy. too, I think. She was like, uh -huh. oh, Uh-huh. It makes me happy. Um, you know, I like to push people, and I like to do it nicely. Is there anything wrong with that? <laughs> JB, you could probably go to a bonus class if you want to. That's I'm right. sure. A little free session. I, I'm, I'm fearful from here at Mellow Mushroom. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I know that I should. I think everybody, anybody listening knows I should probably do that. You know, but it's always that, it's that time. It's that right. you got to commit to that step one because right. it is, it's not easy. Yes. You know, it, you know, I mean, Jen, you're over here, Jen Cease. Uh, you're talking <laughs> about, oh my God, you're kicking my ass. So there's this balance of, I know it's good for me. Mm -hmm. I know it's different than what I've ever done because even me as a player in, my, in the past, even whenever I was in college playing, I hated the gym. I don't like working out to this day. I want to play. I, you know, I'm, I just want to play the game. I want to sweat. I want to lose my calories that way. Right. So things like Pilates or lifting or even yoga, right? It's like, it seems more methodical. Yes. So, you know, hearing kind of that it's a little bit of a balance. Look, it's not a game. There's no points. You don't, you, <laughs> right. you know, but. Plays competition. Yeah. It's easy. That could be interesting. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's one of those things that. A lot of people just don't understand. I agree. I agree. Um, that is what I learned in the process. So, you know, I've been teaching now for about 17 years. And, um, you know, you learn every year. I feel like I learn more and more. And, um, yeah, I've just learned that it's a, it's a process. And I don't even go to the gym anymore. Um, I get all of my strength from Pilates. I do Pilates and then I walk or jog for She's cardio. She's super fit, by the way. Um, but you can become the strongest version of yourself without ever having to go to the gym. And I, I say that as a person that I hate going to the gym now. I would, I don't want to go to the gym. I never really liked it oh, to begin filthy. with. Yeah. <laughs> and full. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think your point too is, you know, the person that ends up kicking your own ass is yourself, right? Because all you, you, all you are there is reminding, especially when you're in person, which I really love um, because Jen can come over and, and literally like, you know, touch the part where I'm, I'm, I'm literally like, oh, I'm not that, oh, I thought that was flexed or it's not supposed, I was guilty of flexing mu like muscles. You're like, no, let go, let go of your quads. And I was like, I am. And she's like, you're not, let go. But, but you're the one, and at the end of the day, you can go through the movements and not do anything. And, and you, you, you're the one that's, everybody in that class is pushing themselves. Right. <laughs> what, 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 about, what about body type? Because there are people that are significantly out of shape overweight, mm -hmm. uh, that have that fear of that first step right. of, you know, I can't, I can't touch my toes or I have a hard enough time tying my shoes, let alone trying to stretch for 30 minutes Right. with Pilates. Um, 
is there a limit? Is there a breaking point? Is there a point where you have to tell somebody like, you really need to lose pounds and then we can work? Because, because when I see that machine, I'm thinking mobility and all these other things. Mm -hmm. is, does that come into, into the equation? There is no limit to what I can work with. So if you come in and I can't put you on any of the equipment, we'll sit in a chair and do an exercise workout with you sitting there. Or get on a mat. Or we'll <laughs> get on a mat. And if you can't get on the floor, I've got that big, it's called a Cadillac, a big machine that you can lay on. It's plenty sturdy. It'll hold anybody. Um, so I haven't... Does it vibrate? No. <laughs> No massage. No, sorry. <laughs> Do you turn the lights out? Uh, and does it vibrate? I turn them down and I, nothing vibrates. <laughs> but um, I, I, you know, knock on wood that I don't meet someone I can't work with. But to this day, I've worked with people with MS who have had strokes. Um, you know, I've had people come in in their wheelchairs. I've had people come in in walkers. Um, and then we just, we kind of create a baseline and we start from there. And I'll tell you what, we can see improvement so quickly in those people and they feel it and they feel better. Um, and they are, they're always proud of themselves that they did it. A lot of times people will say, I, I can't do Pilates, I'm not flexible enough. That's why you come, because you're not flexible. And so what, you can't touch your toes, you can't tie your shoes. First we reach to your knees, and then we reach to your shins, then we reach yeah. to your toes. Like, you know, it's not something, you don't come and you don't start off already looking like a movie star. It's, it's, it, it's a process. Have you, do you have any, I'll put you on the spot, stories or success stories with that you can think of with, like, especially we're, we're talking with probably li parent listeners of youth athletes, but I don't know, even the, the athletes that are, you know, getting a little older going into college where they started Pilates with either you or your videos or whatever and how that affected their either performance or protected them. Of course, we're in the age of repetitive movement. Right. Any any personal stories without sharing the names of the people you that know, you can share? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I've worked with a lot of younger athletes. I had a um, a girl who was um, going to visitation at the time. This was years ago, and in gymnastics, really competitive. Um, and, and it was a very specific thing. I had been working with her mom on, ironically, some um, post-pregnancy issues. So we were working with her, and she said, I'm going to bring in my daughter. She um, can't get the, um, now I'm, gonna, I'm not a gymnastics guru. Uh, when she's on the uneven bars, there's a moment when she switches bars where she gets a, oh, a point one yeah, deduction I don't what it's where her le one leg hip pops back further than the other and she's always getting like a, a tenth yeah. of a point off i know and right? if we can fix that she might go to the olympics i'm like Whoa. okay bring her in let's do it and um she didn't go to the olympics sorry that's not the end of the story that would have been exciting <laughs> but i just want to put that out there um but she came in we did some sessions we worked her evenly i was able to roll could her. you see like like I immediately could. like, it, like it, it's right here. I did. I had her do a few things, and I go, oh, there it is. It's that, that, that glute muscle isn't firing up enough to keep your hip in line with the other one. We wow. need to train that side. So we did, and we trained that side, and, and sure enough, she stuck it. Now, other things happened that didn't lead her down that path, but she did, she did achieve the goal, and she got that tenth of a point back. Wow. So, so yeah. So, yeah, there, there is an example of how it can be worked for a very specific goal. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of just my, Marin going recently through meniscus repair and then just going through the, the therapy. It reminds me a little bit also like therapy, like yes. like now with sports therapy and then they assess how is this athlete working with this leg that's just been released from the, you know, brace and now right. she can, and they now they're, they're walking is wrong. You remind me a little bit of what those people were doing for her. Right. Yes. 
and you know, then just all the general stuff working with athletes, just getting them stretched and strengthened on the machines is a really good thing for these kids to feel how their body can work properly when it's in alignment. So when you're not hurting other people or doing <laughs> your what do you do for fun? Like, what's the off? Because you got three kids. Yeah. You're active. You have a, your own business. Yeah. What's we, What's the real me time? So we're you? a pretty active family. Um, we love. We go to Lake of the Ozarks a lot. We have a place there. Uh, we like to water ski, wakeboard, all that stuff. Um, not me personally. My kids and husband hunt. They all, like to hunt. All those uh, exercises requ- require core. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So lots of core strength training on the lake. And then the other curls, you know, the 40 ounce 12, curls. Are 12. 12 ounce, 11 ounce, 10 yes. ounce. Nine proper, ounce. proper form, please. Yes, <laughs> exactly. We have a lot of fun with all of that. Um, and then uh, we like to do other, we like to snow ski. My husband's from Colorado. So we try to get out there, um, you know, once a year or so. And um, yeah, we like to travel. We like to travel a lot. Are you the kind of, because many of us who have a profession, it'll leak into, right, the other parts of our lives that you yes. get on your husband or your kids for like, that's not how you pick up that bag. Absolutely. Get, you get down and on your, whatever you do. Yes. <laughs> In our say. house. Not on be, your bag. Yes. It'll be, you know, you so, better use so, your core if you're doing So instead core. of talking back to your kids, just slouch at the dinner table? Yes. <laughs> That's their way of getting at me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah. sit like this, Mom. This. Yeah, watch this. Uh, before we, we, we end up going, thought, you know, if you could give to any of us, I mean, it could be uh, me, JP, it could be my kids who I will have listened to this. Like, if you could do something that's short but daily, you know, you said stretching, like mm-hmm. three or five things or whatever you want to do, like hit this one, hit this one, do however many reps. And of course, it over time, it's not one day, right? What, what would that be? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you should lie on your back on the floor with your back completely flat. And I mean, our shoulders are rolled forward. Is this for scooping? Are we scooping? Uh, Yeah, I won't even get into that because I feel like that's just too complicated. (laughs) Okay, can we stop there? I'm breaking in cold sweat. (laughs) Is there a part B to this? I don't want to make you nervous. You're laying on your back at this point. What are you nervous about? Because I know my... That's why I say it. Yeah, laying on your back, literally... Kids and adults, everybody, lay flat on the floor on your back. And maybe not the hardwood floor, you know, give yourself a carpet or a towel or something. But um, And let your shoulders just naturally open up down into the floor and then flatten your back down for a little bit. So we spend a lot of our days with our lower back arched forward and our upper back rounded forward. And it just kind of plays into itself and makes everything tighter and worse. That one simple thing, lay there for, I don't know, one minute, two minutes, let your back lay flat. But then you do have to get up and stretch it forward a little bit um, because that's going to be a lot of pull on it. So then you get up and maybe reach towards your toes and stretch your hamstrings a few times. And then I'm just a big advocate of doing really slow sit-ups. And I won't even talk about scooping. Scooping is just where you pull your abs in as opposed to pushing them out. So certainly I want you to scoop if you can or you know how to do that. But um, I would say do like 10 really slow sit-ups where you just roll your back down real slow, roll your back up real slow, and then just finish by touching your toes again. Oh, yeah. Do Simple. that. CJV, it's not so scary. Lay on your back, do That's 10 so sit-ups. You don't even need a I'll check machine. in next month. <laughs> 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 awesome. Go ahead. I love it. I love it so much. And so just to make sure people know where to find you, Jen Brokaw, super active owner, mom, wife of sport athletes, 
competitive with her husband, competitive with her friends. They reach you at Studio Synergy. That's correct. Studio Synergy in Arnold, Missouri. Awesome. So, any scrums lately? Last question. <laughs> no scrums have <laughs> popped up. I'm a little nervous. They have an alumni game every year, but I'm nervous. I'm getting a little on ha, the brink for playing. Have you those. done it up Ooh. to this point? No, I haven't gone to the alumni games. I, I briefly looked into playing when we came to St. Louis, and it's just too many injuries. Can you still take your kids, though, in a scrum and be like, I'll scrum with you uh, right yes. now? Yes, I, tr I train them how to tackle. <laughs> Do they know the rules of rugby? You know, we watch it sometimes as a family. There's, it, it's so many rules. Yes. So um, they get the general idea. Let me tell you that they know how to throw. <laughs> they know how to pass the ball. And then you teach them this in the scrum. This is where you bite somebody. This is where you pull their hair. <laughs> All right. Well, Jennifer, it was very. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Uh, best of luck with the business and your boys moving forward. Um, my oldest was a slew high kid too. Nice. He's a freshman down in Belmont. So shout out to Junior Bills. Uh, Gen C's, thank you. Thank you. Mine thank you. to the fine. Um, I need to get my video courses up on Pilates. I haven't done them in a while. I got to start back at beginner. Damn it. Let I me know how that goes. Middle back. of intermediate. And send, me the, you send me the crib notes. The JB. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank uh, the team over here at Mellow Mushroom yeah. and Sunset Hills. You guys were great hosts today. Uh, looking forward to a little pie here post, post recording. And thank you for listening. Really appreciate the support. Send it to a friend. And we will be back next week. Have a great weekend.